When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Alex, and you're tuned into the Market Adventures podcast. It's Tuesday, January 26th, and it's earnings season. That's right. It's the season, or it's a couple of weeks where companies are publicly traded on these stock exchanges, will release their earnings, will release their revenue, profits, uh, debt, expenses, and forward guidance moving into the next quarter of the year, which means they're going to be telling us what they think that's going to happen in the next couple months for their company. So it provides a great opportunity to trade. There's volatility, a lot of ups and downs in the market. If you know how to trade it, you can make a lot of money. So we're going to talk about how I trade options during earnings season. Stay tuned. What are some of the key traits that successful investors have in common? Can you learn to develop the skills and traits it takes to become a successful investor and entrepreneur? Well, to find out the answer to all these questions, consider supporting the show by purchasing my Stock Market 101 course. If you love the show, you will love this course. As a student, you will unlock the potential for healthy long-term returns. You will learn how to beat inflation or the rising cost of living. Earn additional income and build equity, the vehicle of the wealthy. You will also get a personal investing plan template to help you design your strategy as well as a number of other education resources. Search gum.co slash learn stocks. That's gum.co slash learn stocks. Or click the link in the show notes if you'd like to show your support. So investors like companies that beat the expectation of analysts during earnings season, right? So that's the key. If a company can beat what the professionals are um, anticipating, that means they're doing better than expected. Investors like that. On the flip side, if a company consistently misses earnings, then it, it, it's deemed to be unattractive to investors, which means they're not even living up to the expectation of analysts, now, what to look for? We're looking for sales numbers, revenue compared to last year. Um, we're looking for earnings per share, so that deems their profitability on a, a per share basis. We're also looking at forward guidance for the future. What do they think? Where do they think their company is going to be? Um, what are their projections like? Are they projecting more sales, less sales? Are they projecting uh, a movement into a particular space? Uh, paying off of debt? Uh, in the case of Tesla, Tesla predicted that they would be profitable. Um, so people like, even though they weren't particularly pop profitable at that time, people liked that profitability was in their um, was in their guidance. In, in addition to Netflix, right? So Netflix reported earnings, but the biggest thing that people liked was, hey, we'll be able to pay for 
all of our original series. Right? We'll be able to pay for our own original movies without borrowing money. People like that because that means that they're making enough money to now pay for and invest in themselves without borrowing money. That was the biggest part of Netflix's earnings, and that's something that people look for as well, right? How are they using their money, and is there new money coming in that allows them to invest even further, right? Growth. So step one is finding out what the market maker is pricing in. The market maker is essentially the computer, right? And I, I say it's a computer. There are people involved, but it's what the computer is pricing in in terms of movement. Are they pricing in a 5% move on the upside, on the downside? Are they pricing in just a big move both ways? An options chain, right? So if you're on TD Ameritrade, you can go to the options chain of any um, security, right? Just click on that company, go to trade, and open up the options chain. And you want to look at the in-the-money strike, right? So if the if a stock is trading at 280 right now, the price, go to the option chain and go to 280, right? And make sure you're at a point where it's past their um, it's past their uh, earnings announcement date. So if they're announcing on the 29th this Friday, you want to find an expiration on the 29th or on the next available contract, and you're just going to look right at the strike that's at the price of the security and see what the prices are for those contracts. For instance, if the contract at the uh, 200 strike, right? Well, let's say that Boeing is trading at 200. If the contract at 200 on the call side is $1.50 and on the put side it's $2, that means that the market maker is pricing in a downward move on Boeing, but it's pricing in a $3.50 move over the entire option chain, right? So it's pricing on the on the upside as well because the market knows that it's not 100% right. So it has to add premium to the call side even though they're pricing in the put side, right? That's how they protect themselves financially. Investing in real estate is way easier than investing in the stock market. I mean, way easier. But if you decide to join us on this adventure, let me help you. Download my free beginner's trading plan at mytradingplan.org. You get some entry and exit criteria as well as rules, mindset for option trading and swing trading. Download the free trading plan to help you get started building a blueprint for your own trading strategy in the future. That's mytradingplan.org so you can start trading today. Now, step two, after we find out what they're pricing in, you have three choices. You can purchase an option uh, uh, in the money in the direction that you're anticipating, right? So you're going to be paying a little extra premium doing that, and you're also leveraging your uh, thoughts on one side. You can purchase an option just outside the amount being priced in on both sides. So you're paying a little less premium, but you're hoping the move goes beyond what the market maker anticipates. For example, if that same 200 strike is $1.50, it's pricing a $1.50 move. So if you bought something that is $2 
past the strike price, you're buying something outside of what's being priced in. You're buying that in the hopes that either the market maker was just short and that the stock pushes past what they priced in so you get in the money, or you're buying it with enough time that even if you're not in the money, you have enough time to take care of that premium. Let's say it does move $1.50, well, it's closer to your strike price now, your contract, and you can sell and profit off the premium. Right, so that's one way. That's another way you can do it. You can also sell a credit spread outside the anticipated move. So if they're pricing in a two dollar uh, downside on Boeing, right? If it's a two hundred dollar strike, if they're pricing out a two dollar move on Boeing on the downside, you can sell a credit spread at let's say three dollars. So you want to do that with less time because when you're doing a credit spread, the less time, the better for you because you want it to expire worthless. That way you get to keep your credit. But if you're selling it outside the expected amount for the market maker, if the market maker is correct and it moves $2 to the downside, depending on how much time is there, you're collecting that premium, but you're also able to allow the contract to expire worthless. Now, if you're wrong, you're increasing the amount of risk. So you can also sell that credit spread on the call side. So if it's pricing a $2 move on the downside, you can sell a credit spread on the call side above that $2 or $1.50 expected move, right? That's a little bit safer because the market maker is pricing in a downward move and it does move down. It's moving against your credit spread, which means you'll be able to allow that to expire worthless or buy it back at a cheaper price, allowing you to keep the credit. Now, by agreeing with the market maker, you get to take a little bit of that IV or implied volatility, that extra premium off the top. Now, there are a bunch of different opportunities, right? There's a bunch of different names between strangles, butterflies, iron condors. There's a bunch of different ways to do options during earnings season that allows you to make some extra money. You can go on Investopedia, uh, go on YouTube. You can go a lot of different places to look up how to do these. Um, but we're sticking with the three ones we've talked about in this show um, regularly, right? Calls, put, credit spreads. Now, you can also do debit spreads, but debit spreads during option season are, is kind of lame, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Uh, now, step three, after we've kind of looked at our choices, let's find out what the analysts are expecting, right? Knowing what the professionals are thinking and their reasoning behind it can also help with the decision making. Now, what you can also do is look at what they've done in the past leading up to earnings and after earnings. TD Ameritrade allows you to analyze all the past earnings as well. The most recent one, they'll give you a little bit more in depth. So once you've decided, okay, what's the market maker pricing in, then you've looked at, okay, um, what are my options here? No pun intended. Then the next part is, okay, let's find some support for our thesis. Do we have technical support? Does the chart and the movement of the price prices tell us something that is going to happen in our favor? Um, do the analysts support this as well? Like finding other reasons, looking at the company, maybe going to uh, Apple's website and going to their investor side and seeing how you know what they're kind of telling investors on their website. There's a bunch of different ways that you can look up information to support your thesis. And here are two strategies that are like sleep. I call them sleeper strats, right? People that people don't generally do this that much, but it's also something that could be very profitable without actually playing the riskiness of the earnings day, right? Because earnings day could be you could get good earnings and the, the the stock just drops. You can get bad earnings and the stock shoots up. So playing the pre-earnings 
is another way to take some profit, take some money off the table by getting some profit, but not playing the the actual day of earnings. So there is the run up, right? If a good earnings is being anticipated by investors, people will begin buying early before the earnings ad is released. For example, Apple. Apple has been up the last couple of days, probably 5% or so, but it's been pretty low for a couple, I would say weeks. But then the last couple of days, it shot up because people are anticipating a good earnings. So if you are able to play Apple before that run-up, you are able to take profit off the table before earnings are released. Because again, on earnings day, you never know exactly what's going to happen, right? So a lot, some, some of it is gambling, some of it is high profitability trading, but this way you're able to take some money out of it and make a nice, good profit without actually worrying about the risk of trading on earnings day or even holding a position overnight um, after earnings. Uh, the other way to play it, and you can do this by going on TD Ameritrade or, again, going on any other platform if you want to. I just say TD Ameritrade because that's what I use, and it gives you it's much more in-depth. But you can look at the past earnings. What did the stock do a couple days before earnings? Like Facebook. Facebook normally runs up into earnings, which means the prices, price of Facebook goes up before earnings. Some stocks typically go down before earnings. Like AMD, it typically goes flat. Sometimes it'll go up, but it typically goes flat before earnings. Now, the continuation is playing after earnings. So you can do the same thing and go and look at what happens after earnings typically, um, what happens when they beat, what happens when they miss. And you can also just look at what's happening now. So Netflix shot up during earnings. And then guess what? It's It kept going up. So you can kind of ride that wave. Now, doing it this way, the premiums are going to be a little bit more expensive, which means each contract is going to be a little bit more expensive because it's already moving. But in addition to that, your profitability and your probability of profit is in your favor because now the move has begun, right? So even though you're making a little less money, your probability goes up because the stock is already moving in the direction that you want. So you're paying more money, but but you're paying for more um, certainty. Now, some earnings that I'm looking at moving into this week, which everybody's pretty much looking at, is the big names. McDonald's. Um, McDonald's has some high volume at the current prices. It's been range-bound for a few weeks. It just needs something big to push it through. Now, it could go either way. It could go up. It can go down. I, myself, am more bullish on McDonald's. Um, it's a really, really nice value stock, but it also has some growth to it. The only negative is the fact that the UK has been shutting down and other European companies have been, uh, countries have been trying to shut down because of COVID. And McDonald's is international. A lot of their sales come from international sales, so that kind of sucks. But they've been innovating their stores and they've been trying out partnering with celebrities. Uh, AAL, American Airlines, the airlines have been beat down, but demand worries and profitability continue, which kind of sucks. But it's cheap. And these hyper traders on Robinhood have been running up stocks like GameStop, um, which is a, you know, yeah, enough said about that. Uh, but they've been doing it for no logical reason with any stock below $20. So AAL being below $20, around $15 might be next. If bad earnings bring the price down more, they'll probably end up jumping on it. Um, MasterCard has trading at the bottom of a range. Even with consumer spending down, people are eager to spend. There's a lot of pent up demand and there's been more of a shift to e-commerce. Today, after hours, we have Microsoft. Microsoft is still expanding. 
They're now into communications and 5G, which is big. Strong numbers last quarter, higher highs and higher lows on the chart, a new high with a lower RSI, MACD crossing up and moving averages crossing up, which is pretty good. AMD, there's an increased demand for their hardware. They're always innovating and their market share has already grown with that incident with Intel. Uh, Starbucks have been an increased demand. There'll be an increased demand if people go back to work. It's kind of been slacking since the past 100, but the demand will increase for Starbucks. Boeing, the demand for their aircrafts is still low. AT&T, they're waiting on HBO Max subscriber results and they're have been paying down debt. Uh, recently, that's what I'm looking for is that debt. Apple iPhone sales, services, subscription, international business, remote work sales with their Macs and iPads. Tesla, we're looking at car sales, uh, the increased demand. Everyone that's been on TV in politics has been saying electric vehicle at least 10 times before getting off the mic. So Tesla obviously is the electric vehicle king right now. Facebook, we're looking at ad revenue. Small and medium-sized businesses have been advertising more. And entrepreneurs do a lot of ads on Facebook and Instagram. Especially Instagram's been getting a lot of love during the pandemic. Now, I went through those kind of quickly. Um, uh, most of them I'm bullish on besides Boeing, um, besides Starbucks, um, um, and... And AAL, you know, most of them be, I'm very bullish on. I gave a couple of reasons of why I think, um, why I'm bullish on them. But of course, go back and do your own research outside of that. But yeah, try those, those option strategies. Do go through those steps one by one, right? See what the market maker's pricing in. Decide on what choices you, you have for that particular stock. And make sure you have some more support outside of just what you're seeing. And... And yeah, I mean, if you can play options during earnings season, there's a lot of money to be made, right? You could, you, the, the idea is to limit your risk by making sure more things are lined up in your favor. If you're a technical analyst, use your technicals, but also have some fundamental there. If you're a fundamental analyst, make sure you have your fundamentals, but also make sure you have some technical in there. By having those things on your side and stacking the odds in your favor, you can trade options this earnings season and start making money in the stock market while also limiting your risk. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you didn't already check out yesterday's episode, um, with Options Bay, Elena. She told us how she became a, a full-time options trader and also gives us a bunch of tips for us when we're going and playing in the market. Um, and make sure you know you go back and listen to these. Uh, earnings season is very, very hard to maneuver. Uh, if you're a beginner trader and you haven't gotten any type of trading course, yeah, I'm kind of plugging my course a little bit. But um, if you haven't taken any kind of courses or done any kind of studying on options or at least practice, you don't want to trade earnings season right now. You want to make sure you have some kind of uh, um, background and foundation before you start jumping into these because it's, it's, a, it's a wild ride. It's fun, but it is a wild ride and I don't want anybody trading earnings season um, and, and having their hopes um crushed right having their their excitement reduced because they're trading during the most volatile time of the year right so 
I want you to enjoy the fun with us. Make sure you get your education. If you have to get a course, you can get my course. You can get options based course. You can get whatever course you want to get. You can go on YouTube. You can practice. But this this kind of fun is for everybody. You should wake up Monday morning excited. And if waking up for your job doesn't excite you as much as it used to, maybe the stock market is something you want to try out. Right? Not for fun. Not for the excitement. But to have some purpose every single day, knowing that every trade that you make, if you do it the right way, right, you get a hundred percent of that profit, and there's no overhead, and you don't have to pay your boss first, right? You get it right away, and that's the fun of it. So, you know what I'm gonna say? Every day you wake up, every Monday morning, every Tuesday morning, every Wednesday morning, we never ever go seeking security. Always. Seek adventure.